Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got a usual crew. We've got Rhiannon. We've got me. I'm Caleb. We've got Adam. And we are all here to talk about many things, including Loki and Black Widow and other stuff. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. We just kind of like delayed the podcast while I bought my New York Comic Con tickets. So yeah, I have tickets to a con. And lots and lots of extra fees. If you <laughs> beforehand, we talked about uh, fee structure of Comic Con tickets, which is ridiculous. I paid so much for the right to pay fees for this con. <laughs> you, they, pay, uh... you had to pay money for the right to pay fees to a- be able to get tickets. Yeah. What's what's the definition of racketeering? Does it? This sounds like <laughs> it's. A, is this racketeering? It's just seems like a racket one. Yeah. Yeah. And... Like living in New York, I mean, like what we were talking about, like living in New York, I'm used to there being like a box office option. If I'm buying Broadway show tickets, I will hoof it up to Broadway and actually go to a box office and buy them. And you miss so many of the fees. Like it's so much cheaper. But yeah, this is ridiculous. But also it's the internet when they're like, there's a $15 servicing fee on like back when Ticketmaster was physically printing tickets. That was one thing. But it cannot cost them any money to send me a PDF of a QR code. Like, good gracious, what are we doing here? If I'm printing my own ticket, y'all are paying me a $15 servicing fee, all right? <laughs> That's correct. That's yeah, okay, but there's... Work. So in this, like, I mean, yes, they are printing off badges, but there was a $22 processing fee and then a $15 expedited shipping fee. There was no slow shipping fee. There wasn't, you know... Oh, no, I'm sorry, $12 expedited shipping fee. But still, you know, there was no, like, here's your slow shipping. No, it's... It's it's yeah. crazy. $12. Don't they ship the badges in an envelope with one stamp? That's how I get my C2E2 press badges. I think they've started doing it uh, with tracking because so many people were losing them. Yeah, but also tracking numbers yeah for for real good gracious (laughs) it comes with first class it's just you're right at it it's criminal it reminds me a lot of um seat licenses that they do in the nfl Mm -hmm. where now to get a season ticket you have to pay like thousands (sighs) of dollars to have a license in order to be allowed to buy a season ticket (laughs) i bought season tickets to the new orleans saints in 2006 one seat for the entire season i was out 240 dollars. that was it no Oh, this is like post-Katrina? This was the season they opened up post-Katrina to get a ticket to that. I wanted to go. All I wanted was to go to that first game when they reopened the Superdome. But they were only selling season tickets. So my friend and I looked at it and we were like, well, I mean, like what scalpers are doing for this one game, we could buy season tickets for the whole season. So it was $240. I mean, I think like $40 a game for six games because like they didn't play the first few. You know, they didn't have as many home games that year because it was unabbreviated. And yeah, $240. And it was like 50 yard line, one row from the roof, but the Superdome is small. So it was amazing seats. I held on to them for like three, four, five years. Um, but $240 for the whole season, fees, everything. Jeez, that's crazy. How do they expect me to buy the right to buy tickets when it's a publicly funded stadium? You know, like you're telling <laughs> me I'm going to pay my taxes to build your damn playground 
Is that is that probably my most conservative viewpoint? Is that <laughs> my damn taxes should be going to this damn sports team? You know, it's interesting. I don't uh, think publicly that's... funded stadiums are silly as hell, man. I hate it. But that's not a super conservative thing. The two hmm. places I know where people won't fund stadiums are California and Rhode Island. Like here, we lost the Boston Red Sox like AAA affiliate mm-hmm. because Larry Lucchino was like, hey, we want you to buy us a stadium. We were like, um, no. And he was like, okay, I'll take the team to Worcester. Uh, you know, good luck. Enjoy that. But <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I don't think that's an extremely conservative viewpoint. No. I wasn't sure where we were. <laughs> I have thought, Rhiannon, of doing that with like like the Celtics. Like I enjoy going to a game, but I not I don't really care what game. So like I really have considered buying season tickets and just reselling seventy five percent of them to the most popular ones, and then going to the ones that nobody cares about and hoping that I break roughly even. I don't know if it would work, but it's interesting to me. Uh, yeah, my uh, old boss did that exact thing because he they had like golden state tickets and niners tickets and all that stuff and he's not going to fly from the midwest to san francisco every weekend for a basketball game twice weekly but yeah there's money to be made yeah legal i don't know (laughs) kind of sports tickets news desk that'd be really funny if we just like went in and we like owned several season tickets that we just used right. to fund the podcast you guys didn't want my stock tips you know a year ago crypto news desk buy the shiba coin oh all right um shut, no but seriously we should make our own cryptocurrency I have wondered if we should do NFTs. Like, if we made a Marvel News Desk NFT of some kind, would someone buy it? We hey, I offered, <laughs> I offered money within like that two week span that NFTs were a thing. I offered like all of five dollars to buy the NFT of whoever wanted to break a story about Charlie Cox legitimately being in the shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Adam, you missed it. Uh, I could have made. Ten dollars, <laughs> or whatever. Crypto. Oh, no, I don't remember what I offered, but I was offering uh, some sort of NFT related to. I still don't know. You could tell me what the blockchain is at the most elementary level, and I still won't get it, man. I don't know what the hell blockchain is. It's all right. So here's this what is doing. not financial advice, by the way. Please don't sue me. That's correct. If you are not, if you are foolish enough to think we know what we're talking about on any of this, we do not. We are not professionals. Uh, yeah. I mean, a year ago, I was telling everybody to buy AMC at two dollars a share, and Caleb was telling me I was crazy. But you know, true. Yeah, you did say that. That's I did true. Not take that advice, so. but you just you got bailed out by all those slacktivist guys that were like that bought it up though right like you got meme stocked it still went from two dollars to fifty dollars a share oh yeah i well. didn't still own it at that <laughs> yeah, point. i don't care if it's a meme like <laughs> meme it all you want Hell, yeah. my bank account doesn't give two shit rihanna yeah. is harboring like anger against me for the uh amc oh, thoughts no no, I, no not at all i <laughs> All right, so speaking of things that were harboring against each other, you guys both got to see Black Widow. <laughs> Adam got to see it uh, as a press member. Rihanna, and you got to go to a Marvel Unlimited event. Is that right? I think that's what it was, a yeah. Marvel Unlimited Plus event. Yeah. Uh-huh. So 
I was thinking, I, I think we want to do a full review next week. But if you guys are up for it, I have come up with five non-spoilery questions to ask you as our non-spoiler ahead of time to help people get excited for this movie. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right. The first question I have. Would you say it is a top half or bottom half MCU movie for you? So here's my problem with it. It doesn't really feel like a movie. Um, <laughs> I would say bottom half. For okay. Me. It's, it's middle ground. I liked it more than Ant-Man of the Wasp. I did watch it twice. Certainly not my top five like some people are on the internet, man. Yeah. I don't. Not top ten. I haven't read the reviews. I need to read the reviews and see if you guys saw the same thing I saw. But that's why I joked with you. I was confused. Like, did they send me the wrong screener? Because yeah. you, you loved it, judging I, by your reaction. I'm like, oh. I loved it. I mean, I was trying to think this morning, like, why I, why I really, I mean, I think one, my expectations were super low. I think it's right there at the middle. I think, I, I, I don't know if I would put it in the top half. I would definitely put it over, I mean, obviously over Ant-Man and the Wasp, Thor the Dark World. I I put it right there in the middle, not yeah. top half or bottom half. I, I love that I tried to give us the most easy dichotomous question possible, and you managed to give it <laughs> that option. I didn't have an answer. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Does it, um, d- so this movie takes place kind of in a weird spot in the time- timeline. Does it feel like an origin movie to you or no? Not at all. No, no, not at all. For Natasha Romanoff, no. Exactly. It doesn't even feel like a Natasha Romanoff. It's movie not either. a Natasha Romanoff it's movie. Not oh, it's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even if you're talking about the other characters, no, no. Okay. Right. Uh, Marvel's done a lot of stuff where they try to make different genre movies. Like we've talked about, Winter Soldier's a spy thriller, and Ant Man was a heist movie. If you had to give this movie a genre, do you know what genre you would say it is? It teases the spy thrillerness of it, but as does it go in like Winter Soldier? I would say action. Yeah, it's I mean, it's not the wiki in action. It's not spy thriller bond goodness. Maybe I I'd would like say, it if I didn't watch it on my phone, you know? I would say <laughs> it's a Marvel movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say it's very much like Winter Soldier. I think Winter Soldier is a very good comparison to it. But I don't consider Winter Soldier much of a spy. If you consider Winter Soldier a spy thriller, I think it would be a spy thriller. Sure. I was actually probably classified as an action comedy. Because it is, mm-hmm. they do have dark moments. But it is funny as hell. And it's weird. Because in one scene they're talking about all the gross stuff the red room does and they turn around and drop the craziest most hilarious joke that doesn't really find and it's just so contrasting that it's jarring almost i don't there were there were two instances that i can't wait to talk about that i laughed my ass off at okay between the actual writing and the joke and the landing and the editing with the jokes it was phenomenal so it's almost like a bad boys or a rush hour movie. I mean, that's kind of what I'm yeah. hearing you say. That's interesting. Kind of, I mean, um, yeah, like David Harbour, Red Guardian, funny as hell. <laughs> you can't take the dude seriously. I mean, what else did you expect? You know, um, I was able to take him more seriously than I expected. 
Really? Like, well, I mean, like I said, my expectations were low. True. I, I my expectations were low. low, low. <laughs> what Randon's saying is, if you go into this thinking it's going to be terrible, you are going to be exceedingly happy with this movie. It's bad, yeah. you know. Yeah. If you thought it's not going to be half bad, it's not half bad, you know. That's like the uh, what they always say about Mike Allstott, you know. If you need a yard, he'll give you a yard. If you need three yards, he'll give you a yard, you know. Right. If you need inches, he'll give you yeah. a yard. <laughs> that is also a wonderful. Uh, Mike Allstott was a fullback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yes. many years ago. For some of our listeners, were like, "What?" He was famous because he had a cadaver bone attached to his spine in order to help him continue to play football. Just a tank. Mm. I wonder what Mike's up to now. We should have him on the pod. I'd we love to talk to Mike. On the pod. I don't know what, what the hell he's doing. <laughs> All right. Um, my fourth question. The action has been compared in a lot of reviews to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Is the action that good to you? I didn't read the reviews and I was already comparing it to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. The uh, the hand-to-hand stuff's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that scene with... So don't expect any major action pieces you haven't already seen also is another thing that oh, kind yeah. of that it's a marvel gun. movie it's <laughs> all in the trailer every single major thing you anticipate it's all in the trailer that's probably another one of my biggest pet peeves is taskmaster mm-hmm. whatever yo <laughs> yeah Okay. Part of my problem is I didn't really watch these trailers that much so some of it felt new and fresh to me maybe that's true that's true. There the, are people I mean, the who listened good. to our trailer reviews who are just like, ah, they're like pulling their hair out right now. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like I watched them, but I didn't like rewatch them 10 times. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you guys have already seen it and it's pretty good. You know, like I, the... I also for background, I mean, I totally would have go- gone if if they said this is a Black Widow event. Come see Black Widow. I, I would have absolutely been there. But there actually was a typo in my friend's text that was like, I think I have an extra ticket for this Loki event. And when I got there, it turned out it was Black Widow. So hilarious. You show up and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go home. I'm tired. I was like, oh, David Harbour. Oh. All right. My last question. Uh after seeing this without saying anything about the plot, would you like to see a sequel to it? Or is one enough? I I feel like we're at a place in the Marvel universe where don't know how much it's like sequels you know even if this was a black panther movie we have like the future wakanda tv series and you would come out of it thinking oh i'd like to see you know there's so many directions that the world is going that like i do not feel like there needs to be a natasha romanoff sequel that makes sense. So you're saying you liked the characters and you are excited to see the characters back, but it doesn't have to be necessarily packaged as a Black Widow movie. Yeah. It's not uh, like it created a world I need to see more of. Yeah. Right. There's, yeah, the the Black Panther world building type stuff's not there. Um, Florence Pugh, she, Yelena um, is going to be the next Tony Stark or Tom Hiddleston mm-hmm. or, you know, She's going to be a superstar. She's going to be the most fan favorite character in the MCU from the first time she appears on the screen. It's just, uh, what do you call it? The wittiness or the snappiness or 
Oh, she's got like the comedic yeah. chops that really fit like the uh, the Marvel quippiness. The, yeah, the little total little sister type vibes, you know, just like yeah. the. Yep. Yeah. All right, so th- I, mean, I don't care that... for Black Widow too, but that or Red Guardian, of course. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's a perfect non-spoiler review. It's a middle of the road MCU movie that does not feel like an origin. It's kind of a spy movie, but it's really just a comedy action movie. It's got some really great action, and we're going to want to see the characters in the future, but not necessarily another Black Widow movie. Yep. Wraps it up pretty well, and it doesn't tell us anything about what happens. I feel like we just did a Mad Libs review. Like, you yeah. asked us questions, and yeah. Yeah. That was great, Caleb. Thanks. Oh, it was crazy that um, uh, Matt Murdock <laughs> showed up in the post too. I never saw that coming. No, my favorite part, Adam, and you might not have gotten this on the press thing, was them showing us the Spider-Man trailer before the movie started. Oh, See, yeah. See, they didn't. So with my screener, they didn't show me the Spider-Man trailer. They didn't show me the third act, and they didn't show me three of the four post-credits. So I do need to go to the theater to watch. Oh, I apologize. I in all apologize. seriousness, there were not post credits in your screener. There's one. Okay. There was oh, one. There's, yeah, there's one. Yeah. And I apologize to the people I played with talking about seeing the trailer before the movie. There was oh, no Spider Man. I, I feel like I need to make man. that crystal clear. There was no <laughs> Spider Man trailer. All right. So that'll, let, let's go to our news. Um, there's lots of stupid Spider Man stuff going on. The one thing I think worth talking about Marvel dropped a crap ton of toys in a post yesterday i think or the day before and it included three different spidey suits that are gonna appear in this next movie i don't know what do you think of the spidey suits what do you think of getting funko pops is the way they reveal stuff like i don't know anything about all of that it goes it goes against the entire disney idea you know they don't control the the narrative you're telling us our look at the spider-man suit is going to come from some questionable hasbro sculpt you know hasbro if you're listening to this i love marvel legends and i have a huge collection of them over there off screen you know but it just seems like they could release the official key art or something right you know comparing apples to oranges the Flash was going to be filming outside, so the Flash director said, hey, here's the Flash suit and here's the Supergirl suit. High res, good quality teases. Um, and then we got looks at them like two days later. That grating noise that you hear is me grinding my axe in the background on this yet again. Yeah, why? Why? I, wh- because this was from Marvel. This wasn't even a toy leak. Right. Marvel.com. Marvel shared it. So yeah. they're like, hey, we know this movie's coming up. Let's give you a Funko Pops and, and, and Hasbro Legends to let you know what the movie's going to look like. Why? Why would you do that? I don't understand in any way, shape, or form how that's a good idea. Uh, I mean, I get that they still want to keep secrets, and and No Way Home's probably going to be... It's certainly a Civil War-level type movie, you know? I mean, at what point do you start decreasing suspense and replace it with anger or something you know because the spidey phantoms already quite feverish enough um about this stuff and it's just yeah slipping well fast and fast and fast and now someone tweeted that it's coming in september it's not it's coming hopefully it's coming before september you know so i whatever so but can we go to how much i love the black and gold suit 
Yeah. Can we get past yeah, the issues of it leaking? Like that black and gold suit. I mean, we already talked that I'm a Saints fan stuff, but I I love that black and gold. Yeah. Do you really? To me, but you it, could put anybody in a black and gold suit, and I'd be like, I really like that black and gold. To me, it makes total sense in that you you want to give Spider-Man a black suit, like that's part of the Spider-Man lore is black suit Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But if you make it too venomy, that opens up a whole another Pandora's box of fandom that we don't want to get into. So I, 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 it makes sense to me that you make a black suit, but you make it so it doesn't look like a venom suit. I mean, I just read that as the confirmation that like toby's coming in his you know raimi spider-man suit so they're like all right so we have these three spider-men on screen together how the hell we can't tell toby and andrew apart how the hell are we going to make tom stand apart you know hashtag spider-verse confirmed i think that's kind of been everybody's assumption for a while but yeah it's weird there's some people who are still i don't know people are still real worked up about ralph boner who are like i'm not gonna believe it until i see it because they did this to me before that's like come on with matt murdoch man i swear to god they're just oh my god it keeps me up at night it keeps me up at night after the whole ralph boner incident you're you're worried that charlie cox will be in a tv series as Mike Murdoch. Does <laughs> <laughs> hey, would you blow me? I mean, <laughs> like Charlie Cox playing himself. So now we have Boner, Charlie Cox, <laughs> Mr. Peanut. Like. So back to these Funkos. Yeah. <laughs> I also, there's also just the hilarious Doctor Strange and his snow shovel yeah right so yeah i mean it definitely gives we've seen set photos of them at the sanctum i I would be shocked if part of what happens here isn't peter and mj and ned just show up at the sanctum and just knock on the front door and he's like i don't want any girl scout cookies and they're like no i'm spider-man please help me like i'm pretty sure that they're just going to catch him hanging out on a saturday afternoon and that's going to be where this movie opens up almost. Yeah. Or reverse, what happens if he catches them hanging out on a Saturday afternoon? <gasps> Tom and Zendaya are dating or smooching. They're smooching. You guys see the smooching pics? I did. Poppy Rodson caught him smooching. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of a rite of passage. Don't the Spider Man actors and MJ actors have to have a real life romance while they're filming? Three out of three so far. Yeah. Uh, four out of four, because there was that video of Tom Hardy smooching his symbiote as well. <laughs> it does. My deal with Marvel is there comes a point at which I start to blame Marvel for the fan ridiculousness. Like, and people, when they were in April and going like, oh, we need a trailer. It was like, come on, guys, calm down. But if Marvel delays this trailer more than they typically delay a trailer, and then they start throwing toys at us. There is some point at which Marvel becomes somewhat responsible for what's going on. You don't you know, like... say. You don't say. Believe it or not, Marvel is at fault sometimes, guys. I mean, they don't do everything right. It, it's not stupid to think a Christmas movie should have a trailer out by the 4th of July. Like, again, we have historical data on this stuff. It, the trailer is due about right now. 
And if we make it to August 1st and it's not out, then they're kind of, you know, they're going against the norm for some reason, but they have to know it's going to get the fan base foaming at the mouth, you know? Well, and I mean, normally we would be saying, okay, they're holding it for Comic-Con. You know, normally late July, we have San Diego Comic-Con and that's when we get all of this information thrown at us. You know, at this point, we don't have a trailer. We don't have a teaser. Okay, they're saving it for Comic-Con. But we don't, as far as we know, Marvel Studios, San Diego Comic-Con is going to be virtual in July. As far as we know, Marvel Studios isn't doing anything as part of the virtual presentations. What are they holding it for? And also, just a small correction on, not correction, but another thing about that is, yes, they save trailers for Comic-Con. But for November movies, those are second full trailers. The teasers usually come in April. And so now this is all delayed a month because we're talking Christmas and not, you know, November. But still, like, if they held it, if they held this first trailer until Comic-Con, that is still delaying the usual schedule significantly. So they have to be holding it for something that's revealed in Loki. Maybe. I mean, that's what I feel like the what if is going on with what if, which I don't know, supposedly comes out in five or six weeks now. Maybe <laughs> I mean, we've got no release date. We've got no trailer. Who knows? Maybe we're going straight to Hawkeye. God, that'd be awesome. Rihanna just keeps saying that because she wants it to be true. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Hawkeye now. Um, that's so interesting. Rihanna. Why are you so, why are you so excited about Hawkeye? So back to the pops. Um, they're very cute. Yeah. It also, I'm also fascinated. There's one where Spider-Man has like a thing on his chest and seems to have like a magic type rune thing. It is. We talked about in the past, how Marvel always science-ifies their magic. It will be really weird and a little frustrating if they just create like a doohickey that goes on the iron spider suit that makes him Dr. Strange capable. Like, Making the magic work with tech is weird. You think that's more likely than he's hanging out with Doctor Strange? They're like shoveling snow together and Strange teaches him some magic? Maybe. I mean, because Strange has the same thing in his hand and his pop. Like, they both have a little... Yeah, but Spidey's also has like a weird like Iron Man like circle thing on his chest. He does. If Tony Stark created a device that allows Spider-Man to do magic, (laughs) the internet will lose its collective mind we're not even go we have yet to get like an actual spider-man movie in the mcu like just give it like where he's swinging off of buildings and like spider-manning that's well we should get used to it because x-men's gonna be the same way Mm because some of it is feige doesn't want to rehash what's already been done so these spider-man movies are in part acknowledgments of the five that came before them and I think in the same way, the X-Men are going to be a very specific take of the X-Men. Yeah, because but they're not going to be pimping Tony Stark Iron Man for six, nine straight hours throughout the trilogy. You know, if they do, I don't give a about the X-Men the way it is, man. Let alone like, oh, uh, Tony Stark created mutants and kept them on his sword planet above the planet and i don't know man just see i'm fine with the stark stuff because it was just a way to give a new emotional center to the character without us having to talk about uncle ben all the time 
here instead of Uncle Ben. Here's someone you've already seen enough of over the past ten years, <laughs> and they shove you down the down your throat at every single turn. I'm done. Done with Iron Man. Iron Man's also done with the MCU. Robert Downey Jr. unfollowed every Marvel actor on his Instagram. Rip. What? That's weird. RDJ unfollowed every single Marvel actor on his Instagram profile. That's what TikTok told me this morning. That seems very ridiculous and unnecessary. You know, like, why would you even do that? All it's going to do is stir up trouble. Already, TikTok's already on it, man. The stands are going crazy. They're devastated. The comments were like, but they got the tattoo. It's like, yeah, they probably got it removed right after, man. (laughs) So, what? You know how many tattoos these guys probably have that they just cut off their leg and buy a new leg? You know? I mean, they all drink our blood anyway. Do you think they What has TikTok done? This, this is the most conservative position you've ever taken. Is all the MCU actors drink human blood? Replacing their legs. <laughs> so, speaking of things people get upset about on social media, I, I almost don't want to talk about this, but we have to talk about this. So, James Gunn the other night decided mm-hmm. just to kick the hornet's nest, like right uh-huh. in the teeth. He he. It started as a nice enough post, like, "Oh, hey, who are actors who are in the MCU and both both the MCU and the DCEU?" And people are like, "Oh, well." And then they would they mention people who are in Agents of Shield or Daredevil or um, a Sony movie, and he was like, "No, not MCU, not MCU, not MCU." And the internet collectively lost its mind, of course. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. I don't know. <laughs> what did you guys think of this love whole kerfuffle? I love it. I love. Here's the deal, though. Someone kept arguing with him, and he flat out said, "Stop taking me in this stuff." <laughs> and they t- they sent him a link to some Google document that says, "This is the evidence that Agents of Shield's can- it's not canon. Agents <laughs> of Shield hasn't been canon since season five. I mean, it's not. I mean." Uh, I don't get it people I don't get it Marvel television is in the same universe as the movies you know that's like those movies are in the same universe as us but when aliens attack New York in the movies our real world didn't have aliens attacking when hand ninjas overtook New York City the movies didn't have hand ninjas attacking it's kind of like the TV shows start in the world created by the movies and marvel studios and all of that but nothing they do impacts them so people like that seems like such a hard line for people to comprehend yeah like that both can be true there's also this suggestion that being in the mcu is a like a sign of quality or something whereas legion's probably better than anything marvel studios has put on disney plus you know, I mean, making decanonizing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't make S.H.I.E.L.D. worse. If it yeah. does, maybe it's not a good show in the first place. I think we've had this discussion yeah. several times, you know, if taking away Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s continuity with Iron Man 3 is what made Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. good in the first place. Uh, well, and some of this is, I'm realizing more and more, that some of this is we are fighting completely different definitions of canon. 
Like I had a guy just really insistent yesterday. It's canon. It's canon. And so I finally just said, okay, can you define for me what is canon? And he literally, his response was it exists. Now that is not grammatically the way that sentence should work. But beyond that, if you're, if you're saying canon means that this thing exists, yes it exists okay (laughs) like yes i i agree agents of shield was a tv show that was produced and did have marvel characters in it that's right but like we i I find myself saying things like well yeah but there's no continuity because there's disagreement on plot people are like well the comics are like that sometimes things just disagree it's not a big deal okay if canon means that they both happen in roughly the same universe but they don't have consistent details First of all, that's not what canon means. But second of all, okay, fine. Like, I don't disagree with that. It's really people fighting over things. I don't even think they even know what the words that they're fighting about mean, you know? Never mind the fact that we're, there's a show airing right now that deals with the multiverse and separate timelines. And, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the next thing. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't on Earth 619. It's on Earth Prime. No, just come on it doesn't matter <laughs> it's that's why just make everything make everything in the multiverse make from new lines blade to that 1994 fantastic four movie that never worked to what was the spider-man cartoon in the 60s just make everything yeah. make make it i'm not japanese spider-man it is another universe (laughs) i'm convinced we got earth uh 616 loki this week with with one of the nods you know wouldn't that just be brilliant if loki says oh hey i'm the loki from earth 616 and everyone's gonna go it is all connected (laughs) jeff doesn't lie to us it is all connected it's just make everything the multiverse everything's canon i mean there's no harm in that i get you guys want tight continuities but you guys know what the mcu is just make everything canon and then you have the mcu within the canon right yeah the thing that was really bizarre to me is the people that because gun was very clear like no morbius mm-hmm. is not in the mcu you know agents of shield is not in the mc and what was amazing is how quickly everyone's like well it's just james gunn what does he know like that to me is a a special kind of special pleading. The idea that James Gunn, like he was so important in the cosmic stuff. They put him as an executive producer on Infinity War and Endgame, even amidst the scandal stuff and him getting fired from Disney. He was still producing those movies like James Gunn knows what's going on. And so if the only way you can maintain your case is to go, well, James doesn't really understand this, that come on, guys, that's crazy. Yeah, I think James Gunn understands it. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I still don't get it. No one has ever asked Kevin Feige himself, like, point blank. I, I still don't get it. Every Have other they, month. Or did he just not answer? Junk it. It's always, can so-and-so come back? Can, yeah. can Charlie Cox come back? Well, some things you see online are true, and some things you see are false. All right, I, I really so. liked that quote, by the way. The some things you see online are true, some things are false. I mean, he, he said it again this weekend. Too. Yeah, he, he did. To ET, I think. Yeah. I mean, um, Adam, do you think if someone asked him point blank, he would 
answer on the record or is it possible that journalists sometimes ask marvel stuff i mean Frosty and they asked him about charlie cox and he didn't he did that very awkward whatever didn't say anything not the amy pascal face no <laughs> right but he didn't yeah that's the thing he he just kind of i mean that's as much as a confirmation as we're going to get from a guy like that yeah but I don't yeah. think anyone's asked him, do you consider Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the same continuity as these shows you're making right now or these movies you're making right now? All right, so we put that out. We need that question asked. We know people doing press tours with Feige. Just, just, just they need to ask the question. Don't yeah. ask if Clark Gregg's coming back or if no. May's coming yeah. back or if Daisy Johnson's coming back or could come back. Don't say could. Don't yeah. ask Kevin Feige a good question. Please don't ask him a good question. Yeah, there's infinite possibilities. It's comic Gee, books. Yeah, anything <laughs> can happen. We love some characters. Oh, bullshit, man. Do you think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s canon or not? Just Yeah. And now I think journalists actually have a reasonable belief to because James Gunn's still employed by Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige. You know, one of your employees says Agents of Shield's not canon or in continuity with the MCU. What do you say to that? Well, and it to me it matters because he used Cree characters and Cree culture in Guardians at the exact same time that they were doing Cree stuff on Agents of Shield. When people are like, Oh, it's in continuity, but they just didn't talk too much about like no, like they had to have had discussions to make sure they didn't use the same characters or crossover or say contradictory things. And if James Gunn goes, no, we had no contact with those guys. That means they're not coordinating it. Like, and it's not even like a movie where someone else wrote it. He directed it. He wrote it. He directed it. Like it's clearly the guardians is his baby. If agents of shield had to, communicate with guardians about the Cree, James Gunn would have been part of those conversations. Now, all that said, I still believe agents of shield is canon and in continuity. Cause I've had enough Twitter drama for the week. So please don't <laughs> add me. Don't agents add of shield you. is canon. Thank you. Uh, Goodbye. Funny. All right. Uh, let's, let's talk about Loki. Um, we had episode four. Uh, what'd you guys think of this one? best thing marvel studios has done on disney plus today bar none bar none it's the perfect balance between character and story it had the post-credit scene to boot it had a heart it was full-on comic booky goodness it is the best hour uh it's the best 42 minutes of television marvel studios has made for disney plus how's that for positivity with yours <laughs> How's that? The Glad Adam enjoyed episode it. Four. I loved it. I loved it so much. I stayed up and watched it twice. Went to bed, woke up and watched it again before I even had lunch. Breakfast. I, I think they're giving us different stuff. You <laughs> saw a different Black Widow. I saw a different Loki. So you didn't enjoy it as much, Rhiannon? I, I mean, I don't think it's like the best thing Marvel ever did. I think it was a solid episode. The fight scenes are really just not doing it for me. And I know some of this may be that we're in like pandemic fighting that, you know, I know the stunt stuff really changed, but just the fight scenes are not good. So I hate to, I don't want to be unfair to anyone. Is it possible that 
Tom Hiddleston just isn't a great fight choreography guy. Cause the reality of the, the outfit he's in, which is just a jacket in his face. Like I would think some of the stuff would be hard to, to stunt double because the shots are clearly showing his face. And it just feels to me like when the kids in like high school drama club were doing fake sword fights, you know, like waiting for the bus in high school, it's just, it is not good. It is lumbering. It looks rehearsed. It looks like someone who is trying to remember the moves they were asked to do. I just find the fight stuff is horrendous. Just not good. I'm trying to remember when the, Exactly. Was there any fights besides the timekeepers? There were, and well, there was the timekeeper fight. Yeah, I mean, in previous episodes, I'm thinking the tent fight to me felt like the exact same fight as the timekeeper room. People have the prune sticks and they're like doing the yeah yeah with the sticks, and it's like poo poo poo. The end. Like I. You don't That'll work Wars, great on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Rhiannon just mimed an entire fight that you cannot see on the podcast. You can feel it. Effect. Hopefully, yeah, there was. A, I mean, I mean, they're just pushing these sticks. I, I just, I'm not loving the fights. Tom Hiddleston is definitely a very athletic person, but yeah, maybe this is the one area that he's not awesome at, but. Um, I mean, but this was a good episode. It moved, it went places. It did things. Well, and to be clear, for me, the fighting is the the one, the only like fuss I have about it is just every time there's a fight scene, I'm like, oh, geez, like this show is clever enough. Like, do we, do we even have to do this, or is there another way past this? Because it's just, I don't know. It blows my mind. You guys are this gung ho about the fights, but won't watch John Way. Blows my mind. It's not that I won't watch it, Adam. It's that I I haven't gotten to it. Yeah. If the only thing you're selling me on movie is that it has good fights, I'm not going to go watch the movie. Like, I'm a plot (laughs) person. It has good fights and Keanu Reeves. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, that's a pretty compelling (laughs) argument. (laughs) And, you know. There's not Um, much more it can add. So. Yeah. I, I. So I think, and I think this really might be the difference between Adam and me on Black Widow as well. I think part of my problem is being in the right state of mind to watch this stuff and being hyped about it and all of this. Back to Black Widow. I feel like Black Widow needs to be seen in movie theaters. And I think Loki, maybe I shouldn't be watching at 6 a.m., like I find when I rewatch it, you know, like seven, eight o'clock at night, I enjoy it more. But if I waited until then, I would have been spoiled on something. So I watch it at 6 a.m. So that initial watching. So and also like Caleb, I know you wait and watch it in the evenings with your family yep. and you've generally enjoyed it more. Yeah. So I wait. It's 930. All the littlest kids are asleep. I can get turn all the lights off. So it's like a dark room. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit cinematic. Um, so yeah, I've just been avoiding social media until I get to it. Good because yeah. I spoiled it as second as that postponement <laughs> dropped. <laughs> Got to get them tweets out. But no, I just think the fight. Maybe it's the the death sticks. I mean, that does pose a uh, 
hurdle that these choreographers have to get over, you know, because we know they can't touch the end. And it's only the end. It's only the end because apparently you can stab with the opposite end and it won't prune them or anything. So it's just the... Mm. And I guess I don't expect timekeepers to fight like the Dora Milaje. I mean, because they fight with sticks and it's interesting. Sticks with a pokey end. But at the same time, these TVA agents are people ripped from their own timelines, and they're probably well. That's what I'm saying. John and Jane Doe at a nine to five, you know, and then they yeah. Get but we're also getting the sense the quantum realm. that for a long, 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 long time they've been doing the job, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I think the more concerning part to me is the Lokis because, like, we always, I always fussed at Iron Fist. He's supposed to be the best martial artist in the world, but there just wasn't a fluency there with Finn Jones that felt like um, someone who does martial arts. Okay. They didn't even so, give Finn time to rehearse. Man. No, I, I know. But what I'm saying is with Loki in the same way, this is a character who's been using daggers and engaging in fighting and battles for thousands of years. And I'm sorry. When Tom Hiddleston swings a sword, it does not feel like somebody who has spent a thousand years with a sword. Like, this is, is the that. first time. Brother. But this is the first time he's fighting without magic. Also, when we're in the TVA. Oh, okay. You know, he really is fighting without, you know, like with one hand tied behind his back at this point. Okay. But but it goes back any other time that we have seen these shows and that they have used the trope of taking the person's power away. It has infuriated us. Yeah. What are you, Marvel Television? And they have totally done it with Loki. They have taken yeah. his power. He, they have put him in the situation where they take his power away. And it, you know, we don't, I don't love the character with his power taken away. It is amazing how we get the trailer and we all see that green magic burst. And we're like, oh man, they're going to finally show Loki with his magic powers. And they, that's the only magic we've really seen. Yeah. Throughout the, I mean, the stuff on Momentous. Fireworks, yeah. Be a time <laughs> yeah. stone. You know, his force powers. This was a diatribe on a small thing, though. I mean, I think generally there's a lot more than the fighting, at least for me, to this episode. There was some sort of event that was going to be a major Nexus event. Like, it was going to the red line faster than anything's ever gone to the red line. Uh, Mobius seems to believe it's Loki falling in love with himself in an alternate universe. Did you guys take it that way? Do you have a sense of that's, what the yeah, Nexus event is? I thought it was. I think they're expecting us to believe that. Yeah. Because that's how they found them, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're technically were fireworks, but just not the fireworks. See, I don't think it's a romantic thing, though. Uh, I think that's a red herring. I I kind of liked that they hinted that Loki has never done romance. You know, because like I was saying last week, the least believable thing about the previous episode was that Loki had relationships or been in love or anything like that yeah like we hadn't seen any of that never mind who it was with and i feel like this episode they kind of went on further like that like that he really hasn't had that in him he hasn't felt that way about anybody i'm hoping it wasn't that loki was falling in love with himself in a romantic way because that's just weird i think it it should count as incest i think it should count as incest um, it, does it, it change things if so Sophie's much. adopted by Odin? Loki was adopted. 
That's true. I mean, if they're both like, adopted, then they're like super not related. But they're still the same, the person. same person. But it's it's so perfect. I mean, it's the perfect nexus. Why, if it's perfectly in line, let's get around the weirdness. Okay, I mean, if you look, well, at the- okay, but I'm saying just like Loki having feelings. Mm-hmm. genuinely caring about somebody might be an excess event in and no, of itself that's what i think it is i think it's actually just a friendship thing it is the yeah. first time he has truly felt friendship and then they reinforce that with the conversation between him and mobius about friendship later on in the episode but if they went on for the whole planet to just be destroyed it wouldn't matter either way wouldn't matter if loki had turned into mother Teresa. the planet got destroyed it wouldn't be a nexus event yeah, they still kind of need to explain that, I feel like. Like what and I feel like they are building to it because Loki was about to say something about it when he gets um when he gets pruned. So Yeah. I think it is romantic. I think it is. Because we've seen genuine care with Thor before. I mean he always flip flops, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, in Ragnarok we we got some of that, you know. Mm-hmm. At least glimpses of actual genuine care. By the way, that's another thing that drove me nuts this week. There are people sending. Someone told one of the filmmakers to kill themselves because of the incest. I'm like, this is silly. You guys are stupid. Don't people got <laughs> nuts about this? First of all, in, so in Norse mythology, Loki birthed the world serpent and uh, the wolf. What's the wolf's name in Ragnarok? That's, that's Loki's child by the way so like it don't 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 be stupid on social media well, well be you can be stupid don't be stupid at other people's expense how about that well and the other thing is i don't think we've had fully explained what it totally means to be a loki as far as like sylvie you know in the same way that loki is a frost giant was like was his name loki when he gets picked up by odin or is he just a random frost baby giant they name loki and they adopt in the same way this other loki might be an earth woman named sylvie who just got you know like snapped up and named loki and adopted by odin so there's not even like biological connection of any kind between loki and sylvie right Uh, you know they've had four full episodes of television that they could have dived into that a little bit (laughs) I mean, if they haven't dived into it, we just have to believe they're variants and they're the same exact person from... Yeah, I mean, I've assumed it's the same person until that person makes a choice. And I think Loki being mischievous and having so much power to change how he looks and the shape that he's in and all of that has the opportunity to make a lot of variants. So your thought is that Sylvie is genetically the same being mm-hmm. as Loki. She just somehow turned, is able to like make herself into a woman because well, she, she has Loki I powers. Mean, they, they tease that with that being her Nexus event, which doesn't make sense because then that would have created like a Nexus event every millisecond or something. Right. Because it well, wasn't like, the TVA picked her up right at birth or something. I think her Nexus event was Loki was playing around with being different characters. You know, he was practicing his little shape shifting. Ooh, I can be a girl. Ooh, I can be a snake. Ooh, I can be an alligator. He chose to be a girl. And for some reason he was like, I think I'm going to stay a girl. 
Okay, that's interesting. And that was the that's that's my headcanon for what the Nexus event was. I, I like the idea that um she's playing with a Valkyrie toy. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, she's like, I'm gonna bring the Valkyrie back. I'm gonna return the Valkyrie core to their former splendor. Uh. And that's the moment they have to take her because that would change that would change significant things. Yeah. Either way, we're on the same track of Sylvie Loki made some sort of decision that something in motion that put something in motion to make it a nexus right. event. Yeah, it's I, I mean, just a simple thing like is Sylvia Frost Giant is something I would love to know the answer to at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh timekeepers. To me, it was a kind of obvious twist, but not a bad one. I mean, just because something is 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 pretty clear it's gonna happen doesn't mean it's a bad thing to happen. It's just, you know, a good archetype to me at that point. So it was fine to me that they were robots, kind of expected them to be. I kind of love that they gave us it was another way to do that, like, oh, Luke Cage wore somebody else's clothes. And so it made him look like real Luke Cage, you know, comics Luke Cage for a minute. I felt like it was fun that it gave us comic timekeepers for a minute without sort of breaking their realism effect, you know, thing. So but I totally would have like checked the other two. Well, I guess they they did sort of power off. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, you know, like the first one turns out to be a robot. I'm gonna check and see if the other two are robots. I like how that yeah, they do have time traveling tech, but they put all three timekeepers like on the same circuit. Mm-hmm. Like it's like <laughs> a ride at Adventureland or Disney World or something. I mean, the whole TVA is built on 1950s technology for some reason. Oh, so right. Their designs were killer, man. I hope we get Funko reveals this week because I really enjoyed those designs. Um, someone posted on Twitter this morning that with the second like Sylvie picks up that um, head, you can hear a whisper that says, we'll see you again. Apparently it's legit. That's yeah, interesting. That I don't know. I, I, I enjoy it. It, it. To me, it just, it makes sense. Like, the the TVA has been what I thought they would be, but I don't think it's bad that they've been what I think they'll be. I think it's, I don't know. They give you clues and then you follow those clues. So, all right. Last thing I, I had was we got to talk about the big end credit scene where suddenly we, uh, we have all these other Lokis in prune world and it includes alligator Loki, which is maybe my favorite thing ever. Richard E. Grant's finally in the show. Uh, I assume you guys enjoyed that as much as we I did. Hell yeah, man. Because this implies... So what is it? Is this Battle World? Is this Hell? Because this episode was all about Loki being by himself. And what better version of Hell could Loki be in than being stuck with every other copy of himself? And they're all alone. And they're all alone together. And that's a special sort of Hell. So is this... The Asgardian the hell because Loki's miserable not bunch hell. of backstabbers. Right. You know? <laughs> right. It's just the perfect sense for hell. Or is it Battle World? You know, would they actually do Battle World? Because they teased the multiverse. So in Secret Wars. So is there remnants of Battle World? Better yet, this means Mobius isn't dead. Thank God. Does it though? Because I'm not, I'm trying to understand does everybody gets pruned go to this world, or is this right. where all Lokis go when they die? Or is there a separate one for each person? You know, oh, that's what I've been wondering if there's a Loki world, a Mobius world, 
or yeah are there separate worlds is this the only world or is this also, actually like the asgard well it can't be asgardian afterlife because he's not an asgardian also i thought i declared we were calling it the pruniverse <laughs> pruniverse there we go that's, oh, that's good nice. very nice pruniverse the pruniverse. um that no richard e grant it would be amazing if he's earth 616 just because he's like the oldest of the bunch you know he's been around forever and how did they get him to wear that costume it's insane. This is the Marvel television would never do something like that. You know? He's wearing a Party City Loki costume. And it's amazing. Adam. It's amazing. It was the best part of the episode. It was amazing. Tell me more about why it's amazing. Maybe. Why isn't it? Look, I mean, look. It looks look like it. it came from Party City. It looks exactly like the campiness and insaneness of journey into mystery it just looks it's the stuff that um i never imagined we would have got with brian singer's x-men you know see what i really like about it is the idea of the multiverse is fun because of how weird the universe can get so like the idea that there is somewhere where the aesthetic choices of that universe move to a place that's something that for our universe is so obviously ridiculous and campy and their universe would be a logical thing for the God of mischief to wear. I love how bizarre that is. And it's the same reason I love alligator. Loki is like, Oh no, there's a universe that where he has to talk. I really want alligator Loki to talk. I want him to have a famous voice. I want to be like Denzel Washington voicing alligator Loki. I don't know. Like because it's, the idea of that there's some universe out there where things went so terribly wrong that that's normal. And that's really exciting to me. <laughs> but also, Loki, also, there's no way you would have old man Loki because the minute that Loki survived Thanos, it would be a variant and he would never get that old. Unless he sat around and did nothing until he was old. And, and that's not that's a Loki. That's why I'm not so sure about, it doesn't Caleb, you always say that Marvel prides itself on this science stuff, but the timeline thing doesn't make it's so many variable. We're talking every sliver of time could be a separate infinite multiverse. Absolutely. And all I would say is the only I, I get what you're saying about the old man Loki, except if the TVA is a bunch of liars and they haven't actually pruned all these universes they claim they have. Yes, but suddenly they realize this old man's like needs to be pruned. I mean, he's been pruned. Well, again, we don't or, totally know that. If this is an afterlife for dead Lokis, maybe did he, he never was pruned. Did he age in the Pruniverse? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I just like that it's weird. Like, I just love the bizarreness of it. It's just yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm just not getting my hopes up again. I would really love to see Frog Thor. I feel like that's the natural thing to do next uh, if we have Alligator Loki, but that's probably hoping for too much. Why can't the multiverse be created by the Big Bang or something? Why can't God create the multiverse? Who's saying God just said, well, here's Universe 1 and Universe 2 and Universe 3. Why does it have to be time? I don't... Well, I would just say that there are other options, but those have not been given to us as information in these movies. Right. So when we're th- we're talking about Marvel stuff, right? Are we talking about see? That's why I get confused. Like 
the real life multiverse theory has nothing to do with time, right? Or is that what you're saying? No, I would say that there is a significant subsection of theoretical physics that would suggest that there could be a multiverse and that multiverse is dependent upon minor variations at a molecular level at various points in time that created offshoots of the main, of, of, of the uh, made time split in two. Yeah. I mean, there are actual multiverse theories outside of Marvel and I've and Marvel consulted NBC. with physicists that would probably have some knowledge of those theories. Yeah. But they're just theories. You know? <laughs> You're correct, Adam. I am not claiming that this is the real way that the multiverse theory. works. <laughs> Caleb equals God confirmed. <laughs> No, gosh, that's very uncomfortable. No, no. <laughs> no, I love Loki episode four. Yeah, it's great. Um, stuff's gonna get wild. Yeah, stuff's gonna get wild. So the one clarification I was wondering about, and this is disappointing to me. So at the end of episode two, Sylvie creates all these Nexus events to get the guards busy, but then they're all fixed by the beginning of episode four. Like they're looking at their timeline chart and it's, they can't find any variants. Are we to understand that that was just a distraction so she could get to the timekeepers? I, I thought it was actually going to be the creation of timelines. They could not stop by the time they got to the red line, but I got the impression from this episode, they mustered enough people to, to reset all of those things that she did. Yep. It was just a distraction that didn't, I didn't do anything. Yeah, that's disappointing to me because I, I actually liked that idea of like their hair's on fire. The TVA does not have enough agents to possibly fix all this. That to me was an interesting plot line that just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, guys. I don't think I'm going to do the mailbag today just because we've been going a while and it's the 4th of July and I'm ready to go do some other things. Yeah. So have a happy holiday weekend. Hopefully you will enjoy Marvel News Desk as part of your weekend. Uh, thanks for supporting us on Patreon. We appreciate that. Uh, it's patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. Helps us pay for all the things like hosting and all that other stuff. Um, as we said, uh, we should just go ahead and float. I think at least two of us, maybe three of us, will be at New York Comic Con this year. Could be the first time all three of us are in the same room ever, if you can believe that. So uh, if you want to be part of that, I think there could be opportunities. I don't want to get ahead of myself for people to um, hang out. Oh, I, I mean, I'm going to have a party of some sort somewhere. Um, yeah, I just realized mid-sentence that I didn't want to obligate place, you to open that to the listeners. <laughs> the place I had it before, I will have a party. It'll be open to the public as long as I can find a place that will allow us to have a party. Um, I reached out to the place that did it last time there was a new york comic-con where we did the rooftop party it'll be a safe daredevil party but yeah. it'll be open to the public uh, the location where we did it last time their costs went up by three thousand dollars so i'm not having that party so you need the patreon um, for <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a lot of Patreon months for us. GoFundMe, (laughs) contribute to a GoFundMe for me to throw a party. We are Um, going to sell seats to get your ticket at the party. You're going to have to buy a license to get a pre-ticket. Yeah, Uh, yeah, (laughs) You have to buy a shingle to the rooftop party, but the shingle gives you the right 
the ticket will be ten dollars the fees will be 25 um uh no um i'm trying to work out a party and when i do it'll be open to the public whenever i figure something out but uh we have until november but if you're wanting to go to new york comic-con you need to buy your tickets now while you're listening yeah. to this podcast they go to the public july 8th and if you yeah. want to pay a hundred dollars to be a member of whatever you can buy them before july 8th right so you can buy a metaverse membership and you can buy two tickets for each day so like you and a friend can go have these on that and get the metaverse membership and get all the tickets and you're guaranteed so that's the one thing you pay the hundred dollars you're guaranteed tickets or you can play your luck on the 8th yeah, see if you get tickets. Podcast is even sponsored by Read Pop either. No. Or you can apply to have a panel. I think mid late July is the due date on panel applications. Pro applications are due already. Press applications, they don't care about you guys. <laughs> so, anyways, that's, that's actually, happening. Actually, <laughs> next week we will uh, talk Black Widow and Loki episode five. So, we'll see you guys then. <laughs>